0: friends this is your host tank here again with the 10 steps of rich dad poor dad uh, last time we were on uh, the chapter number six and seven now today uh, we are going for a chapter eight and nine so <clears throat> I hope you're all doing well uh, I hope you're all doing well in your investments and also trying new ways To invest in more like stocks and bonds and real estate and all those things so and I hope that uh, these chapters the reading that I'm doing right now is gonna help you in your ways to take uh, wise choices in your investments anyway so let's uh, read out the chapter number eight uh, which is use assets to buy luxuries the power of focus A friend's child has been developing a nasty habit of burning a hole in his pocket. June 16, he wanted his own car. Sorry, it's just 16. He wanted his own car. The excuse, all his friends' parents gave their kids car. The child wanted to go into his savings and use it for a down payment. That was when his father called me and then came to see me. Do you think I should let him do it or should I just buy him a car? I answered, it might relieve the pressure in the short term, but what have you taught him in the long term? Can you use this desire to own a car and inspire your son to learn something? Suddenly the light went on and he hurried home. Two months later I ran into my friend again. Does your son have his car? I asked. No, he doesn't. But I gave him $3000 for the car. I told him to use my money instead of his college money. Well, that's generous of you, I said. Not really. The money came with a hitch. So what was the hitch? I asked. Well, first we played your cash flow game. We then had a long discussion about the wise use of money. After that I gave him a subscription to the Wall Street Journal. And a few books on the stock market. Then what? I asked. What was the catch? I told him the $3,000 was his but he could not directly buy a car with it. He could use it to find a stockbroker and buy and sell stocks. Once he had made $6,000 with the $3,000 the money would be his for the car and the $3,000 would go into his college fund. And what are the results? I asked. Well, he got lucky only in his trading, but lost everything a few days later. Then he really got interested. Today, I would say he is down $2,000, but his interest is up. He has read all the books about him, and he's, he has gone to the library to get more. He reads the Wall Street Journal voraciously, watching for indicators. He has got only $1,000 left but his interest in learning are sky high. He knows that if he loses that money, he walks for two more years. But he does not seem to care. He even seems uninterested in getting a car because he's, he has found a game that is more fun. What happens if he loses all the money? I asked. We will cross that bridge when we get to it. I would rather have him lose everything now than wait till he is our age to risk losing everything. And besides, that is the best $3000 I have ever spent on his education. What he is learning will serve him for life and he seems to have gained a new respect for the power of money. As I said earlier. If a person cannot master the power of self-discipline, it is best not to try to get rich. I say this because, although the process of developing cash flow from an asset column is easy in his theory, what is hard is the mental fortitude to direct money to the correct use. Due to external temptations, it is much easier in today's consumer world to simply blow money out the expense column. With weak mental fortitude, that money flows into the paths of least resistance. That is the cause of poverty and financial struggle. The following example illustrates the financial intelligence needed to direct money to make more money. If you give 100 people $10,000 at the start of the year, I believe that at the end of the year, 80 would have nothing left. In fact, many would have created greater debt by making a down payment of new car, refrigerator, electronics or a holiday. Sixty would have increased that ten thousand dollars by five to ten percent. Four would have increased it to twenty thousand dollars or into the millions. We go to school to learn a profession so we can work for money. It is my opinion that it's just as important to learn how to have money work for you. I love my luxuries as much as anyone else. The difference is I don't buy them on credit. It's to keep up with the Jonasys trap. When I wanted to buy a Porsche, the easy road would have been to call my banker and get a loan. Instead of choosing to focus in the liability column, I choose to focus in the asset columns. As a habit, I use my desire to consume, to inspire and motivate my financial genius to invest. Too often today, we focus on borrowing money to get the things we want, instead of focusing on creating money. One is easier in the short term, but harder in the long term. It is a bad habit that we as individuals and as a nation have gotten into. Remember, the easy road often becomes hard, and the hard road often becomes easy. The earlier you can train yourself and those you love to be master of money, the better. Money is a powerful force. Unfortunately, people use the power of money against themselves. If your financial intelligence is low, money will run all over you. It will be smarter than you. If money is smarter than you, you will work for it all your life. To be the master of money, you need to be smarter than it. Then money will do as it is told. It will obey you. Instead of being a slave to it, you will be the master of it. That is financial intelligence. Okay folks, so this was the chapter 8 which was Uh, use assets to buy luxuries. Now here the author is trying to say that whenever you have a temptation to buy something uh, whether it is a car or a house or whatever uh, the things that you have a temptation for, instead of buying those things from your liabilities you should focus on your assets. So say for example uh, instead of reaching to your savings or instead of reaching to your uh, salaries for those things that you want to buy, you should rather work hard to increase your assets and then buy those things from your assets, not from your liabilities. And you also should uh, train and uh, teach these things to your loved ones and uh, especially your kids so that when they grow up, they really know the power of the money, right? So. Often the times it also happens to us that when we get a good salary or an increment in the salary or some kind of incentives or something, we often try to buy things that we were planning for many long time, like, right? uh, uh, like, like cars or, uh, maybe like some other things in the home, like televisions, a big televisions, or, uh, some electronic things that we really don't need. We just want it. Right. So there is a difference between want and the need. I always try to, uh, you know, teach my kid. He's a five year old. And I always try to teach him that what is the difference between the want and the need. He always uh, seems to have a temptation to buy a toy car. So whenever we go outside, he always keeps saying that I want this toy car. I want to buy this toy car. So I try to explain to him. You already have so many toys at home, right? So now this car or this toy car, it's your desire, you want it. It's not you need it. If you don't have any toys car, then it's okay understand you need it. But right now you don't need it. You just want it. So just be patient. We are not going to buy that car and we already have so many cars. That's why. So let's buy something else that you need instead. So then even if he's a five year old, Uh, He tries to think all the things that he need and well, sometimes um, He changes his statements like I need this car Because he knows that if I say I want this car that he's not gonna buy it, right? So yeah, that's the thing, but still what I'm trying to say is whenever you uh, Your temptations rises to buy something you also should go into this uh, theory of whether you need it whether you want it right if you really need it then it's okay you can buy it but if it's just your temptation to buy it then I think you should just think about it and the other thing is if you have figured it out that okay now I need this thing to buy right then at that time you should not reach out to your savings to buy the thing instead of that you should uh, just think about a goal for a few months or a year uh, depends on the on the price of the thing and then try hard to increase your asset column to reach that goal and then you can buy this uh, that thing from your asset column that's how you're not gonna uh, make a hole in your pocket right that's what we always say this thing is I want this thing but it's expensive and it's gonna make a hole in my pocket but still I want to buy it so I'm gonna buy it with my pocket That's not a wise advice and that's what Arthur is also saying. It's not a financial intelligence. If you want to be rich, you have to control your temptations, right? Okay, so that was the chapter A. Now let's go on to the chapter 9, which says choose heroes, the power of myth. When I was a kid, I greatly admired Willie Mays, Hank Aaron and Yogi Berra. They were my heroes and I wanted to be just like them. I treasured their baseball cards, I knew their states, the RBIs, the ERAs, their batting averages, how much they got paid and how they came up from the minor leagues. As a 9 year old kid, when I stepped up to bat or played first base or catcher, I wasn't me. I pretended I was a famous baseball player. It's one of the most powerful ways we learn, and we often lose that as adults. We lose our heroes. Today, I watch young kids playing basketball near my home. On the court, they are not little Johnny. They are pretending to be their favorite basketball hero, copying or emulating heroes into power learning. I have new heroes as I grow older. I have golf heroes and I copy their swings and do my best to read everything I can about them. I also have heroes such as Donald Trump, Warren Buffett, Peter Lynch, George Soros and Jim Rogers. I know their states just like I knew the ERAs and RBIs of my childhood baseball heroes. I follow what Warren Buffett invests in. And I read anything I can about his point of view on the market and how he chooses stocks. And I read about Donald Trump trying to find out how he negotiates and puts deals together. Just as I was not me when I was up to bat, when I am in the market or I am negotiating a deal, I am subconsciously acting with the bravado and confidence of Trump. Or when analyzing a trend, I look at it as though Warren Buffett were doing it. By having heroes, we tap into a tremendous source of new genius. But heroes do more than simply inspire us. Heroes make things look easy. Making it look easy convinces us to want to be just like them. If they can do it, so can I. When it comes to investing, too many people make it sound hard instead find heroes who make it look easy okay guys so uh, this was the chapter 9 and here the author is trying to say that you ha- you should have some heroes in your life who you follows uh, whose actions and whose lifestyle you follows whose thinking process you follows you read about them you learn as much as things you can about them and then you put those things into your actions so and whenever uh, you tries to do the things in investment you should put some persons uh, as your heroes who are very well uh, very well successful in the investment world you can put them as your hero you can learn about them and then uh, when you're into your uh, investment market when you are negotiating or when you are doing some deal uh, you can act like you are that person so that how it inspires you to uh, take the wise decisions right yeah I think that's that's a pretty good thing uh, sometimes I also uh, figure out myself to be someone whom I admire. Uh, whenever I'm trying to do the same thing uh, as that person does and it also boosts up the confidence in you guys so whenever you feel low I think you should try it you should idolize some person and you should think like you are that person and it, it is really going to give you a, a boost of confidence in you that if that person can do it I can do it yes of course you have to learn a lot for that uh, you have to learn how they do it what are the tricks how they think all those things of course without learning you cannot do that just by thinking that I'm that person. But you have to learn a lot of things about them. You have to put those things, those, those learnings into actions and practices. And then after you can act like those persons and that boost your confidence in yourself. So that's what I think author is trying to say over here. Uh, also, one more thing that I thought to do today is, uh, let's go for the last chapter, chapter number 10, right? Uh, Because I think it's not that too lengthy so we can cover it up in uh, in one podcast. So let's go for it Uh, The chapter number 10 is teach and you shall receive the power of giving Both of my dads were teachers my rich dad taught me a lesson I have carried all my life the necessity of being charitable or giving my educated dad gave a lot of his time and knowledge, but almost never gave away money. He usually said that he would give when he had some extra money, but of course, there was really, there was rarely any extra money. My rich dad gave money as well as education. He believed family in tiffin. If you want something, you first need to give. He would always say. When he was short of money, he gave money to his church or to his favorite charity. If I could leave one single idea with you, it is that idea. Whenever you feel short or in need of something, give what you want first and it will come back in buckets. That is true for money, a smile, love or friendship. I know it is often the last thing a person may want to do but it has always worked for me. I trust that the principle of reciprocity is true, and I give what I want. I want money, so I give money, and I and it comes back in multiples. I want sales, so I help someone else sell something, and sales comes to me. I want contacts, and I help someone else get contacts like magic. Contacts comes to me. I heard a saying years ago that went. God does not need to receive but humans need to give. My rich dad would often say, poor people are more greedy than rich people. He would explain that if a person was rich, that person was providing something that other people wanted. In my life, whenever I have felt needy or sought of money or sought of help, I simply went out or found in my heart what I wanted and decided to give it first. And when I gave, I always come, it always come back. It reminds me of the story of the guy sitting with fire, firewood in his arms on a cold freezing night. He's yelling at the pot bailed stove. When you give me some heat, then I will put some wood in you. And when it comes to money, love, happiness, sales, and contacts, all one need is to remember is to give first. Often just the process of thinking of what I want and how I could give that to someone else breaks free a torrent of bounty. Whenever I feel that people aren't smiling at me, I simply begin smiling and saying hello. Like magic, the next thing I know, I'm surrounded by smiling people. It is true that your world is only a mirror of you. So that is why I say, teach and you self receive. I have found that the more I teach those, who want to learn, the more I learn. If you want to learn about money, teach it to someone else. A torrent of new ideas and finer distinctions will come in. There are times when I have given and nothing has come back, or what I have received is not what I wanted. But upon closer inspections and salt searching, I was often giving to receive in those instances instead of giving for the joy that giving itself brings. My dad taught teachers and he became a master teacher. My rich dad always taught young people his way of doing business. In retrospect, he was their generosity with what they knew that made them smarter. There are powers in this world that are much smarter than we are. You can get there on your own, but it's easier with the help of the powers that be. You only need to be generous with what you have. Yes, this is a powerful message. Uh, whatever you have, you should serve it. So that's what we also teach our kids when, uh, uh, and also we were taught when we were kids, right? That sharing is caring. So you don't have to wait for. Uh, something you have, then you will share it. Like, for example, I want to do charity, but I will wait until I get this much of money and then I will do the charity. That's not working. If you have $100, try to spare $10 to help someone. Right. So that's how it's work. If you, if you have $100 and if you uh, help someone with the $10, you're going to get it back in double. I think you're going to get it $20 back whatsoever reason, whatsoever mean, you're gonna get it back Uh, so, uh, there is also one saying, right what goes around comes around, that's how it works so, if you want something, then you have to share something if you want something, then you have to share that thing with someone else, if you want money, you have to share your money the person who is in the need of the money, if you want happiness, you have to share your happiness with someone else if you want to smile, you have to share your smile with someone else right so if you if you want to have a respect you have to give someone else respect you have to share your respect respect with someone else so that's how it works and that's what Oswald is also saying you don't have to wait to be generous you are already generous whatever you have you can share it with someone else So, uh, guys, I think that is the wrap up of all the 10 chapters of uh, this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I have been all through these 10 chapters and so many things I think I also uh, personally learned from these chapters. So, uh, I will just make a quick uh, roundup about the titles of all the chapters. So, if you grab the book. which I recommend you grab this book. It's really so nice. It's not like uh, how it's not how teaching you how to do investment, but it's teaching you why to do investment, right? So the all the 10 chapters that we went uh, on this uh, series of podcasts where the first one, find a reason rather than reality, the power of spirit. The second, make daily choices, the power of choice. The third one, choose friends carefully, the power of association. The fourth one, master a formula and then learn a new one, the power of learning quickly. The fifth one, pay yourself first, the power of self-discipline. Sixth one is pay your brokers well, the power of good advice. Seventh, be an Indian giver, the power of getting something for nothing, eight use assets to buy luxuries the power of focus ninth choose heroes the power of myth and the last one, 10th, teach and you shall receive the power of giving okay guys so i think that's uh that's it for today uh, so, I think you guys have learned many things from this uh, postca- podcast series that I uh, read, this read That Poor, that all the 10 chapters to uh, harness your power of investment. So, if you get time, grab the book, go through the chapters once again. And if you like this podcast, I think you should uh, just. Uh, you know, press the like button or you can also share the podcast with your friends, whoever uh, who doesn't have time to read all the books. I'm going to read uh, the books that I have right now, uh, which I'm reading personally. And I will put uh, these kind of stops, uh, the things that I th- uh, think that I should share with someone. I will read out their things and I will put on my podcast. So stay tuned. And follow my podcast. You will get to learn so many things. I think we together are going to get to learn too many things. So, bye-bye, folks. Have a nice day. Have a nice journey. Have a nice journey of investment. And keep learning. And keep moving. And keep discovering. Bye-bye. See you again.